Welcome to The Motivated Mind, where I challenge you to expand your perspective on how to achieve a successful life through motivational lessons, reflections, and interviews with other motivated minds. Welcome back to The Motivated Mind, a top 100 health podcast, thanks to each of you. This is episode 354, and I'm your host, Scott Lynch. Thanks so much for listening. If I've brought you any value, please be sure to leave a review and hit that subscribe or follow button. Don't be a stranger. Shoot me a DM on Instagram or Facebook and let me know what you want to hear more of, and please be sure to share the podcast. As you all know by now, between my newsletter and this podcast, my goal continues to be to provide you all with the tools and support to unlock your internal motivation, to achieve your goals, and ultimate happiness. That's why I'm excited to announce that I am now offering free digital assets from my UHub, a framework that will allow you to unlock your full potential and greatness by providing you with the clarity you deserve in order to see your self-worth. This hub consists of 12 critical spokes that we need to identify about ourselves because identifying these will provide you with clarity to unlock your full potential and greatness. Two, the growth mindset worksheet, which challenges you to find patterns of thinking that invoke a fixed mindset and guide you to shift to a growth mindset. Download these free printable exercises on my website by clicking the link in the show notes. Want to make a podcast? Spotify's got a platform that lets you make one super easily, then distribute it everywhere and even earn money all in one place for free. It's called Spotify for Podcasters, and here's how it works. Spotify for Podcasters lets you record and edit podcasts right from your phone or computer. So no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. Then you can distribute your podcast to Spotify and everywhere else podcasts are heard. Video podcasts are also available on Spotify. With Spotify for podcasters, you can earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. And best of all, it's totally free with no catch. Ever since I discovered Spotify for podcasters, I feel like it's allowed me to be more creative because I've been able to simplify the admin aspect of my podcast and focus on developing more valuable and creative content. I highly recommend you give it a try. Download the Spotify for Podcasters app or go to www.spotify.com backslash podcasters to get started. Since we now have a daughter, I've been pondering education even more. Granted, she's only seven months old, but she's been absorbing knowledge since her first day in this wonderful world. Her learning journey has sparked my curiosity and led me on a quest to explore our education system, which, to be frank, didn't resonate with me. During this exploration, however, I discovered the work of John Taylor Gatto, who was a celebrated educator named New York City's Teacher of the Year three consecutive times. But after 30 years in the school system, he quit. 
He was tired of teaching a curriculum that he saw harm many kids. After quitting, Gatto wrote Dumbing Us Down. In this book, Gatto argued that schools force educators to teach kids seven dangerous lessons. And those seven lessons really struck a chord with me. So let's unpack each one. Number one, confusion. One of the critiques of conventional education systems is that they can appear disjointed and lack real-world relevance. They don't help kids build a coherent picture of the world. One of those disjointed pillars is the lack of contextualization. Traditional schooling often involves teaching subjects in isolation, meaning students may learn mathematical concepts like trigonometry without a clear understanding of how they apply to practical real-life situations. Now, this lack of context can lead to confusion because students are left wondering why they're learning these concepts and how they relate to their lives. The next pillar is disconnected learning. In Gatto's words, everything I teach is out of context. Students study various subjects without ever seeing how they interconnect or how they can be applied in meaningful ways. This fragmented approach makes it difficult for students to grasp the bigger picture. The third pillar is lack of application. Learning should ideally involve not only the acquisition of knowledge, but also its application. When students don't have opportunities to apply what they've learned to practical situations, they miss out on a critical aspect of education. For example, understanding trigonometry might be more meaningful if it's applied to real-world scenarios like designing a house. The fourth pillar is resulting confusion. When students are bombarded with information that seems disjointed and unrelated to their lives, it's no wonder that confusion can set in because they struggle to see how the pieces fit together and how their education prepares them for the future. Which brings us to the last pillar, academic junk. The concern raised here is that traditional education can sometimes lead to students graduating with a collection of knowledge that feels like academic junk. This means they've acquired facts and concepts without a clear understanding of their practical significance or how they can be applied in their careers and lives. Number two, class position. Gatto summarized this nicely. Schools teach that students must stay in the class where they belong. Everyone has a proper place in the pyramid. Traditional schools often have a rigid class structure where students are expected to stay within their designated grade levels or classes. This can inadvertently send the message that students should remain in the class where they belong. This system might not account for individual variations in learning pace, interests, or talents. Now, in such systems, students are often expected to mature at the same rate as their peers and fit the mold of the model student for their grade level. This can create pressure to conform and discourage students from developing at their own pace, which can vary widely among individuals. Another layer to this is that traditional education systems often categorize students into specific roles and positions, such as student, teacher, or star of the week. Now, sure, 
While these categories can provide structure, they can also limit a student's sense of identity and potential. Students might feel trapped into predefined roles rather than encouraged to explore their full range of abilities and interests. Another side effect of this ranking nature is that it encourages students to seek status within the established system. This leads to unhealthy competition and a focus on pleasing adults or authority figures rather than on genuine learning and collaboration with peers. Students may prioritize achieving high grades or gaining recognition over fostering meaningful educational experiences. The final build of the snowball is when students are constantly pushed to compete for status and recognition, it can hinder opportunities for genuine collaboration and cooperative learning because a focus on individual success within a class can undermine the development of essential teamwork and communication skills. Number three, indifference. Traditional schooling can inadvertently discourage students from pursuing their passions and interests. In Gatto's words, kids learn not to care about anything too much. Traditional schools often follow a strict schedule, where students move from one subject to another as soon as the bell rings. This structured approach sends the message that students should not care about any one subject or interest too much. They're expected to switch their focus on and off like a light switch, regardless of how deeply they may be engaged or interested in a particular topic. On top of this, when a unit or subject is finished, students are typically expected to stop studying it even if they have a genuine passion for it. This abrupt transition can be frustrating for students who want to dive deeper into a subject or continue exploring their interests. Now, the consequence of this approach is that students often cannot follow their obsession or delve deep into topics they are genuinely passionate about. The structured curriculum and rigid scheduling restrict their ability to explore and develop expertise in areas beyond what is covered in the standard curriculum. And to add insult to injury, for those students who do defy the norm, and continue to pursue their passions, there can be a sense of isolation and disconnection from the rest of the class because their interests may not align with the curriculum, leaving them feeling left behind or unacknowledged. Number four, emotional dependency. In many traditional education settings, students are conditioned to seek external validation, primarily from teachers. Teachers often use various forms of reinforcement, such as stars, red checks, smiles, and praise to reward desired behaviors and performance. This practice leads students to rely on these external cues to determine how they should feel about their efforts and accomplishments. As Gatto says, by using stars and red checks, smiles and frowns, prizes and punishments, I force children to become emotionally dependent upon my praise. The use of rewards and punishments in the classroom creates a dynamic where students associate their self-worth and emotional state 
with the approval or disapproval of their teachers. This can limit their ability to develop intrinsic motivation and a sense of self-worth that isn't contingent on external factors. Teachers have a significant influence on students, not only through what they teach, but also through their body language and demeanor. Students are keen observers of their teachers' reactions and emotions. And because of this, they may feel compelled to adjust their own emotional responses to align with what they perceive their teachers want. And the concern here is that this form of conditioning can hinder the development of emotional independence in students. They may struggle to discern their own feelings and preferences independently of external cues and expectations. And over time, this can impact their ability to make authentic decisions and navigate their emotional responses in various life situations. Number five, intellectual dependency. In many traditional classroom settings, students are often expected to be passive recipients of information. They will wait for the teacher to provide instructions, answers, and direction. And this passive learning approach hinders their ability to think independently and critically. Gatto captured this nicely. Good students wait for a teacher to tell them what to do. Another layer to this is that students come to rely on external authority figures, such as teachers, to provide not only information, but also the meaning and interpretation of that information. And this creates a dynamic where students wait for others to shape their understanding of the world rather than actively seeking knowledge and forming their own perspectives. Now, when students deviate from established norms or question the status quo, they may be labeled as a problem child or disruptors. And it's this labeling that discourages them from thinking independently or asking challenging questions for fear of being judged or penalized. The concern here is that traditional education systems often prioritize conformity and uniformity over intellectual exploration. This means that students may feel that they have little room to develop their own ideas or challenge prevailing beliefs and ideas. Number six, provisional self-esteem. In traditional education systems, students often receive external validation of their worth through report cards, grades, and standardized tests. This practice conditions students to believe that their value as individuals is determined by what professionals, such as teachers and evaluators, think of them academically. And this can lead to unhealthy reliance on external judgments for self-esteem. On top of this, the emphasis on external evaluations erodes students' trust in their own abilities and the guidance of their parents. They may learn to distrust their own instincts and rely instead on the evaluation and validation of certified authorities. This can limit their self-confidence and self-reliance. Now, in the past, education was often more diverse and flexible, with students learning from various sources, including their families. And it was this diversity of perspectives that enriched the classroom. 
However, modern education tends to standardize learning and discourages parents from playing an active role. This can result in a more homogenized and one-size-fits-all approach to education. The final block on this pyramid of provisional self-esteem is that some students may feel discouraged from holding beliefs or perspectives that do not align with state-approved curricula. And this can lead to feelings of shame or conformity because students may suppress their unique viewpoints in favor of what is deemed acceptable by the educational system. Number seven, one can't hide. In traditional school settings, students often have little privacy or personal space. They are under constant surveillance and scrutiny with few rights or opportunities for self-directed decision-making. This lack of autonomy leads to feelings of constraint and frustration. Autonomy is crucial for the development of creativity and problem-solving skills. When individuals have the freedom to experiment, make mistakes, and try again without constant evaluation and correction, they are more likely to discover innovative solutions to challenges. Now, let me be very clear with the objective and goal of this episode. The critique of traditional education is not aimed at blaming individual teachers or students, but rather at highlighting systematic issues within the education system. The standardized nature of education tends to reinforce these challenges for many students. Gatto's point isn't that every individual experiences each of these problems or that all teachers fall into every trap. Instead, his point is that the education system as a whole tends to teach these unhelpful lessons. Ultimately, teachers aren't to blame. Many of them started for the right reason. However, the incentives of schools nudge teachers in the wrong direction. And no matter how hard they resist, the system takes its toll and they start developing counterproductive habits as educators. Schools are so broken, partly because they are so centralized. Most of them are run by the state. Even private schools often use the same framework. One flaw in the model flows out to impact nearly every individual in America. To decentralize education, we need many education companies trying different tactics. We need innovators and independent thinkers experimenting with new ideas. And most importantly, we need parents and kids willing to take risks this is a big reason why I'm so bullish on alternative education. It's not about reforming the system. It's about exiting the system and building many new and better options. That means returning to old wisdom, involving the family, and leveraging technology to help. There are several companies taking on this challenge head-on, but as many opportunities as there are today, we need even more. We need more educational startups and teachers with an entrepreneurial spirit to step forward. We need those who have grown frustrated with the bureaucratic nature of traditional schooling to step up and help prepare our children for a successful future. Now, if your school works well for you or you're a parent and it works well for your kids, that's amazing. 
and the most ideal situation you can be in. But if the opposite is true, if Gatos points resonated with you like they did with me, then this is your invitation to try something new. Thanks for listening to The Motivated Mind with your host, Scott Lynch. I hope you enjoyed my deep dive into seven dangerous lessons taught in school. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share with others, post about it on social media, or leave a rating and review. To catch all the latest from me, you can follow me on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and TikTok at Motivated Scott. Don't forget to join me every Monday and Thursday for new episodes. I love you all, and thanks so much for listening. The Motivated Mind is a legacy division.